Jameis Winston leaves very little doubt in New Orleans. All the biggest stories from Monday leading into Tuesday's big day in the NFL and which rookie quarterbacks you should be investing in in your fantasy leagues all on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, football fans? It's another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. You've got myself, Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints, and joined today by my good friend Alex Clancy, one half of Locked On Cardinals. You got the other half yesterday. Alex coming through to hold it down for Luke Braun. You can follow Alex on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Before I tell you what episode what the episode's about today, Alex, I gotta ask you how you doing. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Glad to have you on board, man. Glad to have you on board. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Football. Yes, we had a Monday Night Football game. Yes, it was a preseason game, but some big implications coming out of that game. Jameis Winston leaves very little doubt when it comes to the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback job. Then we're going to take a look at a bunch of stories from around the NFL, including J.J. Watt coming off of PUP, and of course, the weird situation going on in Las Vegas. Then we'll close out with our good friend Marcus Mosher taking a look at the rookie quarterbacks around the NFL and which ones you should invest in in your fantasy leagues all of that and much more on today's episode of locked on nfl and of course you can follow me on twitter at ross jackson nola alex on twitter at clancy's corner now let's get to it because i have to talk about this i'm so happy right now very very happy as the host of locked on saints i have my celebration milkshake here for those of you that are watching (laughs) us on youtube um alex did Jameis winston win the quarterback competition in new orleans on monday night football yeah. Um, did you ever think that you'd be so excited to say that Jamin Wins- Jameis Wins is going to be your QB1, though? You know, did you, you know ever what's think funny? You'd see the day. You know what's funny about that? Last year, when we did our ultimate divisional previews last year, we have the new ones coming up on August 30th, by the way. Keep an eye out for that. But uh, last year's, I was asked specifically by David Harrison, host of Locked on Bucks, hey, Ross, do you think that you could see Jameis Winston in New Orleans? And I said explicitly, straight up, no questions asked, no hesitation, no. There's no (laughs) way. He's entirely antithetical to everything that Sean Payton is as a turnover machine. And now look at him. I mean, you are going to have a precipitous decline, not on the field, but you look at Drew Brees and how he pumps up his team and how he did for, you know, 10 years, 10 plus years in New Orleans to the guy that eats the W before the game. You know, well, you uh, got- ideally, ideally, it doesn't go to him, right? It goes to Demario Davis because we don't need any more or whatever that was. <laughs> you hope, but I mean, all joking aside, the dude was an absolute Ugh. baller. Like, Ugh. it looks like that Sean Payton got into his head. Like, listen, what you were doing before ain't going to cut it. We're going to go regimented offense. It's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara, who obviously we didn't see last night. Mm-hmm. But the two balls to your boy, Marcus Calloway, oh, on the outside. Man. I mean, that's it for me. The first one was it for me, right? The first right. one was it. It's like Taysom can't make that throw. Yeah, and that's one of the big things that we've seen so far with that with that battle is you know the throws, of course, that Jameis can make down the field, and Taysom has continuously struggled with those throws. He struggled with decisiveness, conviction in making those throws. You saw Jameis Winston see that that route start to open up down the field. He saw one on one with the guy that he trusts the most in Marquez Callaway, and 
just launched it and and let him make a play on a great ball placement as well but just a phenomenal catch by Marquez Callaway like we have to give Marquez Callaway of course the credit there as well so to me it seems like that quarterback battle that situation that conversation has finally come to a close reports are all saying that the Saints wanted to be able to make a decision before the preseason game next week of course against your Arizona Cardinals on Saturday night so We'll see if they end up making the decision public by then, but they're probably going to treat it as a dress rehearsal. On the other side, we also saw a little bit of a, uh, a quarterback competition going on or what's being called a quarterback competition between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. What are your takeaways from watching those two guys get it under, uh, kind of get it going tonight? I mean, am I crazy to say that Gardner Minshew should start week one? Oh, like, this like, is different. This is different. A lot of people will say, no, it's Trevor Lawrence all the way, right? Well, yeah, because that's what you do. It's the first overall pick, you start him. But mm -hmm. what have you? Tell me what you've seen from Trevor Lawrence so far that makes you think he's ready to start as an NFL quarterback. I do have to say there has not been anything that has taken my breath away as the guy that is supposed to be one of the best prospects that we've seen in a very long time at the quarterback spot. Yeah, I mean, we saw Andrew Luck, and I look back at Andrew Luck's first game years ago. I think they blew out the Rams, put up a mm -hmm. thirty-eight burger. He had almost two hundred yards and two touchdown, two passing touchdowns. You knew right away the dude's going to ball in the NFL, and Trevor Lawrence will be fine. We saw him jump outside the pocket. He threw a couple really good balls across his body today. The dude's going to be a baller. But, I mean, if Justin – like, I would almost – I don't know. I mean, I, I see Gardner Minshew as an NFL quarterback already, and Trevor Lawrence will be. Obviously, they're going to start in week one, but do you think it's crazy to put it into question? No, I mean, I, I think that, you know, part of the conversation we're going to have later is, like, is it is it is there a, a risk in rushing these guys getting into mm – -hmm. Uh, you know, these impact positions immediately, particularly at the quarterback position. And maybe there's some merit in saying, hey, sit down and chill out for the first quarter of the season or the first couple of games of the season, and then we'll get you rolling once everything around you is ready. Because that's what's becoming my concern about Trevor Lawrence is that, yeah, you've got Trevor Lawrence, but I'm a little worried about that offensive line. I'm a little worried about some of the skill position situations that they're in uh, in certain areas. I love some of the skill position players that they have, like James Robinson and LaVisca Chenault, where you're going to get consistency from those guys immediately and immediately enough to warrant starting a rookie quarterback yeah I don't know I mean we'll see if Urban Meyer is you know the bedrock that's going to shift the you know the culture of this organization or if it's just a Shad Khan run like kind of crap show you know with with what's been going on since they made the NFC or the AFC championship game it's not been great so I mean yeah. you see hopefully you 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 root for this guy the all-American you know with the long flowy sunshine hair like you know what take this bad organization I mean, it's been 10 years, Ross. Take this bad organization um, and just shift it and pivot it. And I'm, I'm close with the Cardinals, too. It's like it's a lot of weight on a 22-year-old shoulder to completely shift an NFL organization. But seems like that's where they're going to – and they should start in week one. I mean, let's yeah. let's let's not be crazy. Here. Yeah, no, absolutely, they should. I mean, look, I, I, Jameis Winston seems to have put in his claim to be the starting quarterback week one for the New Orleans Saints. Trevor Lawrence looks like he'll be that starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seems to make a lot of sense, and that's really the route that they should be going Gardner Minshew missing on a deep pass and all these other issues that you've already seen from him over mm -hmm. the course of the offseason so it's just not getting any better when it comes to Gardner Minshew where you are going to get better and where you actually have a low floor high ceiling it's going to be with Trevor Lawrence not with your uh your your sixth round pick who took this the, the league by storm because of facial hair as opposed to <laughs> on field play 
So let's just be real. Uh, coming up next, y'all, as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on NFL, we're going to talk about all of the big news across the NFL, including is it okay to start some of these quarterbacks right off the bat, these young guys? We'll take it from Alex Clancy and get his thoughts on it, who has seen a young guy get started with success, and of course, his very own Kyler Murray over in Arizona. We'll talk about that and much more as we roll on to the next segment and wrap up with our fantasy foreman, Marcus Mosher, coming up on today's episode of Locked on NFL. And I'll tell you what, uh, when it comes to anything successful, the place that I'm going to talk about where I think that something is going to be successful, not going to be successful. I'm going to go over to betonline.ag for that every single time, 11 times out of 10. Those are our exclusive betting partners here over on the Locked On Podcast Network. And all you have to do is head over there, check out all the exciting stuff they've got going on. They've got a half million dollar prize pool that you can get in on for the NFL season. They have a $200,000 survivor pool you can also get in on. And if that's not enough for you, they also have a mega contest getting started to kick off the season as well to where you can go ahead and put a wager down on the Dallas Cowboys or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are opening up the season on September 9th. And if you lose, you could get your wager back up to $25. It's like no risk. There's like no (laughs) risk to it. Can you imagine? So head over. And if you sign up today, Alex, here's the biggest one. You get a 100% welcome bonus on top of that as well. That's what I'm talking about. If you want to get in on that survivor pool, you want to get in on that mega contest, make sure you sign up and use the promo code NFL100. And of course, check it out with the promo code locked on as well. So go check about over at bet online your online sportsbook experts all right nfl fans continuing on with another episode and thank you for being here with us alex clancy locked on cardinals myself ross jackson locked on saints welcome to another episode of locked on nfl thanks for making us a part of your day alex we talked a bit about the monday night game but now i want to get to some of the monday news that happened because it was a busy day around the nfl we saw Evan everson griffin sign an extension with the minnesota vikings you can catch up on all of that with Locked on Vikings and Luke Braun. And of course, we had the whole weird situation that took place with Cam Newton, who seemingly was just trying to do the right thing and now can't be at practice for a little bit. So Mac Jones getting all these viable and valuable snaps in practice. For more on that, you can check out Locked on Patriots with Mike DeBate. But here's where I want to talk a little bit as we get into sort of these three big topics here. Uh, Alex, I want to hear your thoughts here with the Arizona Cardinals activating uh, J.J. Watt from the PUP list as somebody with a vested interest in preseason games. Game three going up against the Arizona Cardinals with the New Orleans Saints. We're going to see him on the field next weekend, next Saturday. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I mean, this, this, this phantom, you know, <laughs> hamstring little, little tug that he had earlier on in, in training camp. This is the veteran love that you're going to get coming to an organization that probably needs you more than you need them uh, at this point in their career. But yeah, much ado about nothing. You'll see him September 12th in Tennessee and Nashville against the Titans. Uh, I'd love to see him. But I'm not worried about the defense at this point with the Cardinals. It's more the offense that's the focal point. So it's much ado about nothing. He'll be back in due time, and he'll be just fine. Yeah, as somebody that covers a team that's about to make a very important decision at the quarterback position <laughs> yeah. and that treats that third uh, preseason game as a dress rehearsal, very happy to hear J.J. Why not on that field. I'm very, very pleased with that one. But okay. speaking of pass rushers, Alex, this was a huge one uh, here. You had... 
The Las Vegas Raiders, according to Vic Tafer over at The Athletic, reaching out reportedly to the Chicago Bears before they signed the Raiders did uh, Yannick Ngakwe over this offseason to see if the Bears would be willing to trade Khalil Mack back to the Raiders. This is priceless to me. Is doing something like this just admitting defeat when it comes to this trade for the Las Vegas Raiders? It shouldn't have. They got a lion's (laughs) share for that player. I mean, this right. seemed to, this looked like John Gruden was like, oh man, that 10 year hundred mil. That right. Mark Davis with that Lloyd Christmas haircut knows what the hell he's doing. But, you know, you get Josh Jacobs, um, not much else. To, it's kind of more to be determined right, from that right. draft. And Khalil Mack, on the other side, he had, what do you have, three turnovers in the first two games or something <laughs> ridiculous with the Bears? And he's been fine, but their mm-hmm. defense hasn't been next level. So I just don't know why Chicago would trade him at this point when they're in the best position quarterback-wise, you'd think, moving forward in effort to potentially take over the NFC North depending on what Aaron Rodgers does. The Raiders, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's a great point, right? If, if you are going to eventually hand the keys over to a young quarterback in Justin Fields, which we're going to talk about more here in just a sec, the two things that you want to have are tight ends, which they've invested heavily at the tight end a position thousand. over in Chicago. They got like 20 of them things over on that roster. And then, of course, the solid defense. And so moving on from a guy like Khalil Mack just doesn't make sense when you've literally just given up assets to get him. And, and I agree with you, by the way, with the Raiders in the trade comp that they got back. Yeah. I mean, you saw the uh, Brian Edwards selection in the third round, Josh Jacobs, Damon Arnett. And I think you're right when it comes to uh, Damon Arnett and uh, Brian Edwards, you're really still waiting to figure out what's going to happen there. But it's not like they got nothing out of this trade, but just such an interesting one. And I have to ask you, because I know you cover a team that is intimately involved with a trade that I'm sure a team regrets. Are there any other teams out there that you could picture doing something like this, like trading away a player and then coming back and be like, remember that that little mistake that we made a little while ago? You want to make that right? I mean, you brought up before we cracked it. I mean, full disclosure, you brought up Trent Richardson, which was incredible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the best one because I don't even remember that. Right. It went from genius to what have we done? Mm. Let me just I get mean, them he, picks back right quick. You know, sometimes yeah, just this stuff quick, happens. Just kidding. This stuff happens, you know. Just kidding. I mean, you know, it's, it's so interesting, though, when you bring that up because there's so much dysfunction in front offices, more than we've ever thought across landscape of the NFL. It's more there's less dysfunction in a handful and more dysfunction in the rest. And I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of front offices that are completely inept that have that have massed it one way or another. They would love to do a little dipsy doodle backwards. But I think your Trent Richardson one, your idea, mm-hmm. that one, and obviously DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, straight oh, sure. up pretty much. And a two, <laughs> um, those would be the two in the clubhouse for me leading. Yeah, for sure. I kind of wonder if if I can get Mike Ditka on the phone, I might ask him, would you take all those picks back for Ricky Williams or would you still make that move? And oh also, would you do the wedding dress Photoshop or <laughs> would you, or would you, you know, photo shoot or would you leave that well, be? So the least? Herschel Walker one, obviously uh, that sure. was the first one where there was a thousand picks that went to Dallas and that gave Dallas every, like, yeah. would you have made that trade if you're Minnesota? <sighs> now? Yeah, I don't know. That would be real tough to pull off. You know what I mean? Like, Oof. ugh, yeah. That's a tough one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting situation and one that I just thought was absolute gold to read that and to see that. And good, good sure. job, obviously, over at The Athletic and Vic Tafer covering all of that. Uh, but we talked a little bit about rookie quarterbacks and, you know, rookie quarterbacks right now, the spotlight across the entire NFL. So for our final topic in this segment, I want to talk to you a little bit as somebody that has covered a young quarterback coming in and finding immediate success. What are some of the things you're seeing with some of these rookie quarterbacks around the NFL do they have the ability to come in and make an immediate impact if they get the chance? Yes, but they shouldn't have to. Like, mm, and so mm-hmm. my thing is, so 
Who are the two best quarterbacks we've seen over the last two decades? Uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Let's just yeah. throw him up the list. He's won a damn Super Bowl. He's been to another. They <laughs> both sat. And I know that it's a small sample size. Aaron Rodgers sat. Kyler, like, I don't think it's fair. You know, like, um, when salesmen or sales companies are like, we want to hire somebody with no sales experience as opposed to people who have sales experience because they don't have any bad habits. If mm. you sit a quarterback for six weeks, eight weeks, something like that, and don't start them week one, they don't have the bad habits. You know, sure. they're not going into this like, uh, you know, survival mode where they have no idea what the hell they're doing yet. And it, I don't understand the rush. That's me with Kyler Murray. It was kind of, you had to. Who, yeah, who no else choice, you start? Right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, like with, with Andy Dalton and, and even Gardner Minshew, it, it's, a, it's a less to be, um, there's less of a stance there. But I don't know. What do you think? I mean, do you think they should go if they're ready? Look, to me... Or if they're uh, the best option. Yeah, if they're the best option, then they're the one that you go with. I mean, you draft these guys to turn around your franchise, right? You're not talking about a you know a, a 15-2 and two team that's going to come out of next season yeah. drafting the next quarterback, right? You're talking about 2-15 and 15 teams moving forward with the 17-game schedule. Those are the guys they're looking to revamp and rebuild and, and kind of you know change everything over, especially if you already have pieces elsewhere on the team, right? If you're in a full-on rebuild, like let's say that the Detroit Lions this year would have drafted one of those young quarterbacks then no probably not right because there's just not really anything there for that quarterback to steer for me if the quarterback's going to be good the quarterback's going to be good and that's sort of to me what the data shows too to where if you sit for a little while if you start right away these kids are going to be good if they're good and it's just that simple for me so I think that it really comes down to the organizational foundation what's there right now and what's happening as they move forward and where does that rookie quarterback or a young quarterback fit into that equation I appreciate you David Fisdale me in this crossover locked on NFL locked on basketball take that for data I mean <laughs> most times quarterbacks going high go to bad organizations right so it's difficult I mean and obviously there's you know, I mean, teams have bad years, riddled with injuries, whatever. Kansas City was a rare case where they traded up when they didn't necessarily need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. They just saw the ceiling for Alex Smith, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about that all before. Right. But I mean, what Lamar Jackson got by sitting for a couple of weeks to humble them? Because it's like sure. you're going, you're a senior in high school. You're a senior in high school when you're in college. You're the, you're the bell of the ball. You're the letterman, the whole thing. And then you're a freshman in college when you go to the NFL. And sometimes people need to be humbled a little bit. And mm -hmm. I think it helped Lamar Jackson, even though he was only a couple weeks. Even Baker Mayfield, when Tyrod started over him, if they're not the week one starter, I think it says a lot about, listen, kid, you're ready, but we're not ready for you yet, something in that regard. And I don't know if that's sure. the wrong way to do it. I mean, it just people are so ready to rush into this stuff. It's like date first before you get married. You know? it's just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's a good point. And, and I think you're right, right? A, a lot of these players come in, they're big fish in little ponds, and all of a sudden they very quickly become little fish in the biggest yeah. pond that there is when it comes to uh, the game of football. Speaking of those rookie quarterbacks, so we're going to be talking about them from a fantasy perspective here. Marcus Mosher going to be joining us in the next segment to take a look at which ones you should be investing in, if any at all, not only in dynasty formats, but also redraft as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. Yeah, and uh, real quick, Ross, I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, Bo does. I don't know jack about cars at me all. Me either, fam. At all. I'm with you. I mean, I don't even like going to chain storefronts because I don't want to ask, excuse me, Mr. or ma'am, where do I find this stuff? Because I have no idea where I'm looking for or where I'm going. Um, RockAuto.com's got you covered. Family-owned business, they've been online 20 years. Uh, I don't like going out of my house when there's a pandemic at mm. times. I like that option. So if I want to sit in my bridges or in my sweatpants, and look at stuff for my car. I go to rockauto.com. You just go in the search box, type what you want. You know, tail lamps, paint, carpet, 
Whatever the hell you need, Rock Auto's got you covered. Again, 20 years online, family-owned business. Their prices are reliably low. You don't get upcharged if you're not a manufacturer, so that helps. Go to rockauto.com. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, even for people that don't know jack about cars like me. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, y'all. We are wrapping up another edition of Locked On NFL, joined today by Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals. Of course, I am Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. We are joined for our Tuesday Fantasy Forum by Locked On Dynasty football co-host, as well as Locked On Cowboys co-host Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. Marcus, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm just a part of the Locked On Network. I think that's what we need to say going <laughs> forward, right? I know. There's some of us that just have so many titles nowadays. Yeah. It's just like yep. we're part of the Locked On Network. It's very it's simple. It's just easier simple. that way. Yep. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming through, man, with the busy schedule. I want to talk to you a bit about rookie quarterbacks, some of these guys that might be uh, worth investing in in both Dynasty and even potentially redraft leagues. I want to start with Justin Fields because he's been the guy that's been getting a ton of attention here recently. Folks wondering why are they going with Andy Dalton? Why are they continuing the potential charade here? Uh, do you? How do you feel about Justin Fields and investing in him in fantasy formats? So first and foremost, come on, Bears. In Dalton, really? <laughs> like, what have you seen in training camp or in the preseason or for the last couple of years? You know, just that has gives you any confidence in Andy Dalton? I just don't understand. But I am. Uh, I'm. In, I'm. I'm buying Justin Fields. Like twelfth, thirteenth round in your draft. Take mm. Justin Fields. Put him on your bench because I do think. Ultimately, once we get to October, maybe even late October, he is going to be the starter. And I think he could be a league winner for you. Like he can, he's going to have 30, 40 rushing yards a game. He's going to score rushing touchdowns. He's going to throw for a lot of yards. I, I, I really like what I've seen through the preseason. I'm drafting Justin Fields. Hmm. Marcus, I mean, I think we're looking for the the next great white buffalo of Patrick Mahomes. You know, after you know, you start dynasty leagues a couple of years ago, you draft him in the eighth or ninth hmm. round, and now he's going to be your eighth or ninth round picked in perpetuity. Zach Wilson seems to be an intriguing guy in that way. Seems to have the lowest floor and potentially highest ceiling of the rookie hmm. quarterbacks with his style of play. Is that right, or is this buyer beware with with Zach Wilson in early rounds of dynasty drafts? Uh, I'll be honest, Alex. I've actually really liked what I've seen from Zach Wilson early on in training camp in the preseason. I think he's looked good. I, I don't know if the if the ceiling is going to be there of some of these other quarterbacks like Fields and like Trey Lance, who we'll get to, because he just doesn't have the same rushing upside. It doesn't mean that he's not mobile, because he certainly is. But he's not going to be somebody who gives you 50 yards on the ground and a touchdown. It's just mm-hmm. not his game. So he's going to have to be more efficient in the passing game. I think I am still buying, but not to the degree that I am of some of these other quarterbacks we're talking about. But all, all in all, pretty good, pretty good little offseason for Zach Wilson. I am encouraged. That's great. Uh, I got to ask you about the guy. We got a few more of these guys that we can ask you about, of course. But I got to ask you about the number one overall selection, Trevor Lawrence. Just full disclosure, we're recording this before the Monday night game between the Jaguars and the New Orleans Saints. Is there anything in particular that you've seen from uh, Trevor Lawrence that makes you want to pump the brakes? Or do you still feel encouraged by him? And how could tonight make a difference for you? Yeah, I mean, we really don't need to see a ton of Trevor Lawrence. I would be fine if we just see two drives of him. Just be accurate, be able to throw the ball down the field. I don't need to see his rushing ability. We saw that at Clemson. I don't need to see him take any extra hits. But uh, I, I do think there is a conversation about, you know, where do we go with, you know, our first rookie quarterback? Do you take Lawrence, who I think probably has the highest floor, maybe the highest ceiling of all these quarterbacks? Or do you go elsewhere and you search for more rushing upside? Uh, that's a that's a really fun question to have. But all in all, uh, 
I'm probably still taking Lawrence number one. Hmm. Marcus Mosier at Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter. Dude, let's go boring. Let's go Mac Jones. Um, you know, there's well, people that you think Mac Jones is boring? I mean, I mean way to interject comparatively speaking. Compared well, yeah, because I'm asking the question. You can tell me I'm wrong. So like People have lived and died with Tom Brady in New England as their sure. quarterback in fantasy football. No rushing yards, but efficiency, a lot of passing around the goal line. We're probably not going to see that in New England this year. Is Mac Jones a safe mid-round pick? Is he, or is he a guy that's going to be a boomer bust? I think he's a little bit boomer bust because, again, I'm going to keep coming back to the rushing you know, thing. He just isn't going to sure. rush for a lot of yards, so it takes away his floor. I will say, though, Alex – I think Mac Jones is very interesting for a different reason. Like, I if, if I own any Patriots players in redraft or dynasty, I want Mac Jones to be the quarterback because we saw in preseason, like, he's going to throw the ball to the running backs. He's going to throw the ball downfield. And more importantly, when they get down to the red zone, all of a sudden those carries are going to Damian Harris or Ramondi Stevenson and not Cam Newton. So if I have Damian Harris on a dynasty team, I'm really hoping Mac Jones wins the job because I think that can elevate just about everybody's fantasy value around him. Mm. That's a really good point, too. And you'll have to figure out exactly how quickly Mac Jones is going to get out there, what's going on with Cam Newton, all these other things. All right, last one for you. Maybe the guy that's been the most consistently exciting on his own, not because he almost got his head taken off, but uh, Trey Lance, who's been uh, you know kind of exciting over what the San Francisco 49ers got everybody chanting Bay, uh, Trey area in the Bay Area. <laughs> what is your thought around uh, Trey Lance and uh, sort of investing in him in these dynasty formats or redraft formats? Yeah, so he's been very up and down in the preseason. I mean, mm -hmm. you can see the highs, right? Like when he's right. on, he's going to be excellent. It's just, man, he's still a long ways away. I, I still think he's probably my number two quarterback in dynasty because once he actually hits the field and he gets kind of, you know, grasp of that offense, the sky is the limit. Like this guy has Patrick Mahomes ability from a fantasy, uh, you know, points perspective. It just might take us a little longer to get there than, you know, the other four quarterbacks in the first round. So if you're willing to be patient on Trey Lance, I do think he's going to reward you later on this season, but certainly in 2022. I love it. Hey, one last thing before we get you out of here. Uh, one, two, three quarterbacks in rookie drafts. Uh, folks that are already in dynasty leagues, they're doing their rookie drafts. Which mm -hmm. one, two, three at quarterback? Yeah, I think it's Trevor Lawrence. I think it's Justin Fields. And then I'm going to go Zach Wilson at three. I think he's mm -hmm. going to put up a bunch of stats. Uh, he's going to start all 17 games. The offensive line has improved. I think he's going to be a nice, you know, back end QB one, low end, uh, high end QB two this year. There you go. You heard it from Marcus Mosher. And if you heard it here, it means you could have heard it first by looking, by listening to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Make sure you go in, check it out every Monday through Friday. And of course, you can catch uh, Marcus as well over at the Locked On Cowboys Podcast along with Landon. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Appreciate you coming through, buddy. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right, Alex, your first time here co-hosting a Locked On NFL. How was it for you? It was awesome, man. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm um, jealous of your backdrop. Um, I'm happy I don't have to talk to Bo, which is fantastic. <laughs> I don't have um, the hair. I'm sorry about that. It's fine. Man. <laughs> Beautiful man. No, I mean, it, it's it, it's been fun, man. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Luke, for going on vacation or whatever you're doing for letting me pop in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually funny enough. He's actually in New Orleans. Oh. I'm in LA, and then when he comes back to LA, I go to New Orleans. So we're just gonna 
we're just going to switch. Flip-flop. You, know, you know how it goes. But we yeah. appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for coming through and joining us uh, for another edition of Locked on NFL. I know you've done a lot of stuff with Bo on the Mondays as well. So always love having you come through and looking forward to having you back here uh, as we continue through. For everybody that is listening on your favorite podcast provider or watching on YouTube, thank you very much for supporting and being here for another episode of Locked on NFL. Tony and James going to be with you tomorrow, bringing you everything you need to know around the NFL. And of course, remember, we're here with you every Monday through Friday. Day four, Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner. I am Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola, and we'll see you next time for another edition of Locked On NFL, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.